0: back with coaching kernan panel of resident experts still on episode 50 part two right now took a little break right there from the action and we're back uh with our normal panel kevin kernan will george sal marinella guys welcome back for that short little break right there for our audience um uh kevin you were about to ask sal a question before we, we broke there regarding work ethic and training with players why don't we pick up there
1: yeah, we addressed it the other uh, with with from a baseball standpoint, but from an individual workout standpoint, performance uh, coach standpoint. I know it's different, Sal, because people, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they pay for your services, so I would think they would give you a hundred percent. But you also coach voluntarily at different levels, or you know, a, a job, college jobs. If you you run into if you run into the occasional guy who really uh, or girl who doesn't want to do what you want them to do, and they just kind of go through the motions. Uh, and maybe you don't have that situation because, like I said, uh, people want, want to know what you got. But uh, how would you handle that situation if it, even if it has never come up? So what, what's your thoughts there?
2: Well, I, I think that comes from the top. Um, I've worked for great coaches who set the tone and tell uh, whether it's uh, male or female, youth, college, or high school, that you know what we do in the training room, when the weight room, or on the field—that is, you know—is a workout is as important as anything we do in in the team sport practice. So, first of all, I think that comes from the top. Uh, you, you know, you're always going to have your malingerers. I think uh, when you create a strong culture, again, that comes from the top. You can't have a successful organization where, from the top, the the importance of what you do off the field in training is not is not just reinforced but is not stressed as 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 important as anything else you do. So that to me has helped uh with regard to training in general, I think the best way to get uh athletes to participate is to be clear with them. You know, I've seen workout problems for uh workout programs for kids that was a little freudian slip. Workout programs for college athletes where you would have no idea what the sport is what the goal of the program is or what they want these athletes to be good at when they get back to school you know i'll give you a quick example my gold standard conditioning test is for for field sports mostly lacrosse is 14 110 yard sprints to be finished in 15 seconds with between 50 i'm sorry between 60 and 75 seconds rest uh depending on the sport and depending on the level that might be 10 sprints. The, the speed might be 16 seconds. It might be 14 seconds. But in a nutshell, that's my program. So when they get their program to follow over the summer or over the off season, it puts them on a progression that gets them to where they need to be. So when they come into camp, we run that test, and everyone knows what's expected of them. I've had a very high success rate, even with kids who you thought would have no way of making those goals with those times because they were given a schedule. So I think I think it's a multi-pronged uh, solution, and it has to ultimately starts at the top, though.
0: Yeah, so clarity is power. Basically, you, you, you're very clear with them. It's not a workout for the sake of working out. Kind of like we talked about hitting in part one. You can't just go and take swings in the cage for the sake of taking swings in the cage. Um, so we, uh, we we had a great interview yesterday with Dan O'Dowd, former general manager with the Rockies, worked his way up the line with the Orioles and the, and the Indians, uh, now the Guardians. And uh, he's the founder of Win Reality, a great training tool uh, for kids and pros. He mentioned that the two most important jobs with a major league system should be the scouting director and the manager. Um, but we did see two guys, two great baseball guys, part ways with their clubs this week. Uh, Dayton Moore being one, and Don Mattingly the other. Um, let's talk about Dayton Moore a little bit. Uh, significance that he had with the Royals, why he got pushed out, because um, that's what it looked like from my end. He got pushed out. Um, whoever wants to take that one.
3: I'll I'll go because I scouted uh, as an area scout was where I first met Dayton and uh, first class guy, work ethic off the charts, smart, uh, very good college baseball player, very good college coach, got into professional baseball, worked his way up the ladder in the Braves system while they were winning uh, National League East championships or National League championships every year. So we learned from tremendous people, uh, Bobby Cox and John Sherholtz, uh their longtime scouting director. Um, I'm getting old, but it slipped my mind who should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, and finally got an opportunity to go to Kansas City and build an, build an organization and a team through very good scouting Player development, they developed their own because they're in a smaller market. Uh, they went on a four- or five-year run. They got two rings, an American League championship ring and a World Series ring. Uh, they tried to go as long as they could. They couldn't afford their star players. They made deals, picked late, and were in the process of rebuilding. And they have a lot of good young talent coming. Uh, for, In my opinion, there's no reason for him to be fired. He Kevin, did everything you asked him to do his whole career.
0: He's, he was a, he was a, a warrior out there. Um, and he played every, every role. So that's probably why he was good at it. Kevin, you you remember them when they won their championships, they did it playing small ball, right? They moved the ball around, they bunted, they hit and ran, they had some speed, they fielded the ball. Um, you know, that, that to me, that's, that's a tribute to Dayton Moore the way he was able to build that. And, and I saw other teams start to emulate it. Um, it, could that be a reason why he was pushed out, too innovative? Uh, you
1: know.
0: uh, well, first of all, it's
1: good to play baseball, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll throw my Kernan AMBS stat of the day at you. We'll see how it develops. Um, the uh, Atlanta Braves, and I still want to call them the Atlanta Braves, despite what some people want to do. Um, i had enough of this, by the way. Uh, but Atlanta Braves, uh, the Atlanta Braves – have zero sacrifice bunts this year, and the Mets have 19, and the Guardians have 19. Now, you can win without that, um, but I think both the Mets and the Guardians are teams that don't have maybe as much hitting as you could you could argue that the Braves have. But I I would like to see how that plays out in the postseason. They already know how to bunt and do some things. Um, so so playing baseball is important. I think Dayton Moore. And all these guys, they're just out because they're not in a the club. They're not in a club. You know, the, you can be uh, with the, some of these GMs that, that we see them recycle them all the time. They're, 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 their main plan is, oh, I'm a genius. Let's finish last three years in a row and get three draft picks. And then they win something. And that's, that's a genius. And Sherman, I think his name is Sherman, the CEO, new CEO over there, came from the Guardian's. And the Guardians have set up a certain way to win. And, and part of it is that division stinks. So they've, they've been consistent in their winning. And I think the owner just basically, uh, you know, is drinking the Kool Aid, uh, the CEO, and uh, thinks that he can bring another hotshot young guy in that's going to promise him the world, a conveyor belt of talent, cheap talent, and uh, move forward. And uh, analytics are the way. And you know what? They'd have two World Series, I think, if. if- Madison Bumgarner wasn't around. So Dayton Moore should wind up with somebody. He won't wind up with anybody, I, I think, at this point, as, as the, um, the baseball ops. Um, but it was interesting. Dan said an interesting thing yesterday, Dan O'Dowd, uh, that he expects Bochi to be back in the game. And um, if Bochi's coming back to the game, then that tells me there are some teams that are, you know, that the Buck Walters are making the influence Uh you know, managers who do who do that. Now, the same week, Don Manningly, uh, Don's not coming back, uh, Donnie Baseball. I think it got stale there, to be honest with you. Uh, it, it, it's hard. It was hard for Jeter. Jeter basically walked away for the Marlins. And I don't see the Marlins uh, really... Uh, I know everybody wants to be all excited about what they're doing down there, but if you can't hit, you're not going to win. It's that simple. you got to produce runs. And and I see a lot of their games and they, they don't hit. Um, again, there's no, sh- I think it gets back to what Will said earlier. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You need baseball people. You need everything to happen. Well, you need no injuries. And, and that's where we are. Um, it's, it's sad, but uh, you know what?
0: It's, it's not surprising. Yeah. And the, the Marlins, it, they have an identity crisis uh, beyond belief. Mattingly went through three of them with them. I think they, they were power team when they had Stanton and Yelich and, And they decided to be speed, and then now they're all pitching. So I have to imagine whether they ran their course with him, or he was just tired of the constant adjusting. Well, one quick
1: point on that. One quick point on that. They were going to take that pitching, which they, which uh, the Jeter uh, people did a good job of rebuilding, and and they were going to supplement that with spending some money and bringing some power in. But all of a sudden, they're not spending the money. So again, it's it's cheap ownership. The other thing I said about the Marlins, if you think about it, I mean, th- there's nobody at those games. I mean, uh, and, and I don't know if they're going to – it was funny. I, just for fun, I turned on the Pirates and the Reds yesterday uh, just to see what was going on in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, it was a ghost town, obviously. But they had a great segment, and, and you can see how desperate that team is now. They had a great segment where the sideline reporter went out in the stands and gave two autographed baseballs from Bednar – to two kids because one of the kids caught a foul ball and the other one wanted it and they were crying, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, so the point is they're, they're now going out in the stands and giving autographed baseballs in the hopes of getting people to come to games. And they had, a, they had a wide shot of these two kids being interviewed. And I'm telling you, they were sitting along the, uh, the left field, uh, by third base. And then the shot went out. There was nobody else in the shot. There was nobody there. It was like maybe 500 people. So it's, it's, a uh, Baseball is going to get what it deserves. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. NBS calls it like it is. Baseball is going to get what it deserves.
2: Yeah. Hey, Kevin, you mentioned the Guardians, what what team were they?
1: Indians. i
0: don't
1: like that name, but I love the old, and they haven't won a World Series uh, in ages, 48, I believe. And uh, you know, Chief Wahoo. Uh, you look at those Indian pennants. You know, people are just. You know, everything's a social cause now. Just let me enjoy my baseball. Let me root for the Braves. I'd love to see the Atlanta Braves fans. Uh, you know, they've already screwed the Braves with the All-Star game. So now they're going to come back and screw them with their name. So we'll see where it goes.
3: Um, I'll, I'll weigh in quickly on Atlanta, on, on Miami. Um, you trade Christian Yelich, JT Real Muto. Giancarlo Stanton, Ozuna, Zach Galen, who's emerged to be a number one starter. Um, that's pretty hard to manage that as a manager. Um, and, you know, they got Galen in the Ozuna trade, but they ended up flipping him and making a bad trade. So, you know, just just over time um, – you know, it wasn't Don Mattingly's fault that, that nothing ever came together there. Um, you know, the, the owners never looked themselves in the face. Uh, you know, you mentioned the we talked about the Kansas City thing. So I guess um, you can't have two baseball men and a president's job and a general manager's job. You have to bring in a Harvard graduate to be a team president uh, because he doesn't know how to balance a checkbook or, or direct people, uh, you know, a team president is in charge of everything. There's a lot of good baseball men that have been team presidents and been very, very good at it. Um, and Dayton Moore was very, very good at it. You know, they made money. They, they, had a, they have a great fan base when they won, they, they came out and they're still coming out over there. They're in the middle of the pack attendance wise as they're rebuilding. Um, but they filled that place and brought a lot of excitement to that city. The times that they won,
1: it's a great ballpark too. I love. I used to love going. To oh, it's,
3: it's a beautiful ballpark. Oh, Absolutely gorgeous.
1: That's, That's why really I wanted to. I know we're a little bit off tar- uh, target here
2: with the uh, topic. With uh,
1: Sal, what's your favorite ballpark?
2: Uh, I would say, even though I'm not a fan of the team, Fenway Park. But I haven't been to Wrigley Field, but I would say Fenway. Yeah.
1: Fenway, to this, Fenway, and, and then we can go around the horn here. Um, I like Fenway better than Wrigley. Wrigley's okay. Wrigley's okay. And it's, it's the atmosphere and the whole Wrigleyville thing. Uh, but my favorite, uh, without a doubt, is Petco.
3: Yeah, it's beautiful.
1: And I also like uh, the other one I'll say especially in the middle of summer, is up in Seattle. You know, that's, that's uh, the weather's beautiful, and uh, that, 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 that ballpark is held up well. And one of the reasons why I like the Seattle ballpark, and they change names all the time, so I don't know what to call it now. But unlike Yankee Stadium, there's no moat. The, the first 20 rows go straight back. So it's a community uh, atmosphere, and, uh, and, and, and I think that's really cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll go
0: to Dave now. No, I think the well, I, I'm partial to the old Yankee Stadium. I actually had a chance to not only watch a game there, but play two college games there for an all star all star game. But Are
1: you talking about Yankee Stadium one, two, or three?
0: <laughs> not not the old old one, but the one in the middle. Um, I
1: remember the old old one, and that was great on so many levels, including the fact that you could walk off the at the end of the game, you could walk on the field to leave the ballpark. Great ballpark, the old ballpark, and the overhang behind behind. Uh, Behind the plate was a great place to watch a game. And, again, what are we getting? We're getting fans pushed back more. You know, It's almost like they don't want you there. And it's, it's, it's a crazy marketing uh, scheme they have.
0: I enjoyed it when it was about the game. We, we've been to, I would say, probably 75% of the parks. And they're like amusement parks now. We, we used to go to the Atlanta one when we were in Georgia. And as much as I enjoyed watching the, the young talent come through, it was, you know, you'd sit there and, uh, you know, you'd be watching the game. There'd be nobody around you because they'd be up in the restaurant at the bar and they'd all come down, you know, seventh, eighth inning to catch the last three innings. Now
1: so it was been
3: uh, everywhere. What's your favorite? Um, of course, Coors Field is the night <laughs> well, uh, No, well, Coors Field is well, beautiful. It's, 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 field. It's, it's crystal clean. Yep. The people are extremely friendly. It's a great place to go. You know, there's so many beautiful ballparks. Um, I got to uh, pitch at a tryout camp at the original Yankee Stadium uh, back in 1975 or 76. I got invited up there. It was a year before they did the renovation, and they ended up having to play on the road. That was great. Uh, Fenway, when you walk in there, just because of the history and the beauty and the uniqueness of it, uh, except the seats are absolutely horrible. They're about 12 inches wide, and... Yeah, the half inch of uh, leg room in front of you. So um, that's a really uncomfortable place to go scout. Uh, Camden Yards is still beautiful. You know, it was the first of the new stadiums, and they did it right. They really did a nice job. But there's so many beautiful ballparks. We, we can
1: have Larry Lucino on someday. You know, I'll give Larry a call see if he wants to come on the show. But uh, yeah. he used to refer to Larry as Johnny Appleseed of ballparks, uh, and yeah. obviously in Camden. And the work he did in Fenway was tremendous to uh, kind of yeah. bring it up.
3: Oh yeah, they did do a nice job upgrading it with the left field seats and different things. But uh, I you know when I was
1: the new the, the new park, the new the, Fen- the, the Red Sox new minor league park up there.
3: I haven't been to Worcester yet. I heard it's nice. I mean, there's so many beautiful ballparks around the country you, you know now even at the minor league level and you have some beautiful old ballparks my favorite ask. minor league ballpark what one of my ask. favorites is Reading, pennsylvania um it's like the wrigley field and fenway park of minor league baseball it's a great place to watch a game i guess comfortable seats too
0: <laughs> you got, uh, I've got i've got one the montgomery biscuits down in alabama if you ever yeah. get a chance they've got a nice they've got a train that goes through Um, the outfield and it's like, it's, it's very old, old school, but new, new wave when you're very intimate environment. Um, good baseball as well.
3: Uh, I, I, Pensacola is really neat too. Walking on the waterfront there is gorgeous. Really nice place.
0: Kevin, what about you? Um, you know, I, I,
1: like I said, Petco and Safeco, and uh, they're not called that anymore. Petco still called Petco. Minor league parks. I like. I like. Um, been to a, a zillion of them. Not as many as Will, but I like. Uh, I like simplicity. I actually like Port St. Lucie. Um, uh, you know, for convenience. Uh, Daytona is a fun park. It's a good old park, and you got the Jackie Robinson history there. So I would recommend if people are traveling around. Uh, uh, check that ballpark out, and again, a, a future reference to a future show with Voices of the Game. Uh, we'll at, at some point soon, hopefully, we'll have the Lost Ballparks founder on, and that's a great website and a great podcast. So we love to talk about ballparks as well. As ballparks. October
0: seventeenth, he's he's booked October seventeenth.
2: Excellent. Sound good. Well, I just was going to say, you know, you you think about the places you've been. And even the lousy stadiums, although I, I can't think of any overtly lousy stadium, there's just something about walking into like Dodger Stadium or Pac Bell, which I've been to, you know. Uh, any, uh, there's something about walking through that tunnel for the first time and just like seeing the field. There's something unique about it that's different, you know, for as much of a football fan as I am. There's a, an excitement there. There's something different about baseball. You know, I agree with Will about Camden Yards, too, that I was there when it was new. But uh, I think all of them have just offer such a unique experience that uh, it's a shame that the game isn't playing, being played the way the, the feel of the stadium still is, if that makes any sense.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, the, 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 that's a great point, Sal. Uh, you know, the something about walking into a ballpark, you know, uh, from the time I was a little kid, those were my first memories, going to Connie Mack Stadium in Philadelphia. Um, but I'll strongly recommend anybody listening, go to minor league games all over the country. The atmosphere is great. It's more affordable. People really, really treat the fans well. Um, there's a lot of lot of really good things, and it's quality entertainment. Uh, for, for the majority of the games, the kids play the game hard. Um, and who knows, you might be watching a future Hall of Famer as you're there.
1: And I, I, I'd i be remiss too. I should mention it because I think I'm the only one that's been there of the group, but, uh, Savannah bananas can't beat that for fun. Uh, it's a, it's a different game, of course. Um, it's a good entertainment, but they get the people involved and, uh, and that's an, I think it's Grayson stadium. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's, a. Ballpark.
3: I, I, I played there when it was in the Southern league, but, uh, a friend of mine, uh, is on a waiting list to get, get tickets all summer long.
1: That's the thing. Yeah. You know, I went during the, uh, when the world was shut down because of COVID, the Savannah bananas did not uh, shut down. And that kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things when, you know, you couldn't go anywhere, but yet I, 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 my daughter talked to me into going to a Savannah bananas again. I drove up there. I was there with, you know, it, at, they made a, they did make the crowd half full. So, you know, cause the old, six feet yeah you know which was but anyway we were right on top of each other and amazingly uh you know we we all we all uh, survived and uh you know it was interesting and um and, and, and by the way that's will makes a great point about supporting i would even support the really smaller ones like uh you know in the college league also in that league the team um there's a team up by, i think by you uh Dave up in Myrtle in the Myrtle Beach area. What's that team that's up there?
0: Myrtle Beach Pelicans. It's a Chicago Cubs organization.
3: Yeah,
0: it's a beautiful stadium. Uh,
3: it's a nice little ballpark. Yeah, the, the Charleston ballpark's really, really neat. Neat old ballpark that they've done a nice job of updating it. Uh, great food there too. Um, no, support them all. Support the independent leagues. There's some really nice independent leagues that are still. Uh, pumping out good baseball and a lot of uh, quality people at the ballpark that you always meet.
0: Yeah. Kevin, explain the Savannah Bananas a little bit. Some of that's show, and there's also a real game that goes on too, right? It's a real game, yeah, but they changed the rules. Like
1: the, the, the owner, uh, you know, he, he basically had came in there, brought the franchise, nobody was going to the games, and he said, you know what, I'm doing it my way. And he put in all these – you could call them crazy rules, but – it's little things, too. It's entertainment. And at that level, I have no problem with any of that stuff. And if the first thing that struck me as is different, is different is they take a baby out of the crowd, and they play the Lion King song, and they present the baby. The team presents the baby and passes it around and stuff like that. So that immediately draws everyone in from a baby's age to an old – and they have grandmas who are the oldest dance team, things like that. They have rules the, – like he found the, he, this is very interesting. He found the walk to be very boring, you know, cause you, you take four balls and you walk. So he changed the rules where now if you can sprint, he calls it a sprint, I believe you can take second base on a walk. If I think all eight or nine players don't touch the baseball. So players have to rush in after a walk, the catcher will whip it to second base and he'll throw it around. And, uh, and if if nine players or eight, I, I could have it wrong, the number, don't touch that baseball, you can sprint all the way to second base. So what does that do? It makes the walk exciting. People go crazy when somebody walks because the, the runner is sprinting like heck to get to second base. So it's Kevin, it's, it's different, Kevin, but it's fun.
3: Kevin, don't they have like a barnstorming team that Eric Burns is doing too? Oh, he
1: told me that. Yeah, that actually Eric, I think, is on the regular team as well now but I was way ahead of the curve. You can go to ball nine to find this story. And I think it's actually, my story is so good that they put it in Wikipedia. Well, somebody put it on Wikipedia. Uh, describe- yeah, you
3: did that during the uh, COVID year. That yeah. was awesome. I remember us yeah. talking about that. It was wonderful. And uh, yeah, so he wanted it.
1: He felt it was kind of like a Harlem Globetrotters thing. He wanted to take the show on the road and greatest show on earth. And he's, uh, he's going to come up with new stuff. And, if, and like you said, they were drawing maybe a hundred people to their games. And then he did all these innovations, and uh, now now it's uh, oh, they sell out. <laughs> so, so it, my point is, it can be done. It's kind of like our show here. We're not, you know, we're not uh, ESPN based, uh, athletic based. Uh, somebody doing a podcast because it's part of their job. We're doing this podcast because we love it, and uh, and you know, and, and 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 we have synergy, and we're helping you, and you, you're becoming a better baseball player a better baseball fan and you even learn about protein shakes. That's pretty cool. <laughs> one of
0: our, one of our listeners put it the best way. They said she likes to listen to us because we're beholden to no one.
1: That's exactly it. And yeah. uh, if I'm beholden to someone, it's done, you know what I mean? And, uh, I've already had jobs eliminated. You know, my, my job was eliminated, you get eliminated. And, but I have fun with it. Cause I, I had, I had a big laugh last week. Cause, uh, uh, even though my job was eliminated, the, uh, paper I used to work for ran a story on Aaron judge. Cause I had the greatest relationship with judge of anybody in the media. And they ran quotes from 2015. They said, told the post, but actually it was told Kevin Kernan. So, uh, so you know what, uh, I, I don't mind stirring it up a bit. Uh, and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, that's news to me. I didn't know that about you that you don't mind stirring it up.
1: <laughs> I d- yeah, exactly. And, uh, so yeah, so that's why I say go to my like 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 we'll say go to minor league games, you know, and uh, um, enjoy that. And uh, uh, there's another guy I want to mention, and we got to get him on the show, Buddy Bengal. He's uh, he's got a team um, in the Coastal Plain League, uh, the Marlins, and um, but he also has he's got a deal where he's got whiskey, he's got this going. Uh, uh, you know, it's it, the Moorhead City, North Carolina Marlins, and uh, wow. So we're gonna we're gonna bring that on the show too. So you know, keep listening to us because you never know who's gonna show up here or what we're gonna talk about.
0: That's great points, and I, I think the the audience today they got a little bit of everything, right? We talked about Sal shared his pre his pre show shake with us, talked about uh, some training mechanisms, berry bonds, and now to the Savannah bananas. So you never know where our show is gonna gonna head and and, and again we're trying to bring what's fun about the game but we'll rip it where
1: it deserves to be ripped uh but you know and that's why i always like even though you know because you know with sal i always try to you know i try to force him to giving us a a, a tidbit about a workout you know that's really going to help somebody no matter what age so here you go sal you're on the spot again give me something
2: um, well, I'm not going to give you a, a specific thing, uh, as far as an exercise, but what I will do is uh, as a tip, try to do something different every time you working out. So what I mean by that is say you're used to doing, you know, well, my workout is I do four sets of 10 push push-ups in my given workout. Well, maybe, you know, one day try to do five sets or try to do 12 push push-ups. just every day, do one thing different. That's, an improvement over what you normally do and that is enough to change and and also what i would say is if you have a routine and by routine i mean the same thing on the same days in the same week after week change that up because then your body stops responding to it it is no longer a stimulus for change it becomes uh that becomes your status quo the body wants to find equilibrium so you want to get out of that so stop that routine Routine can be you're going to do it, a workout on the same day and for the same amount of time, but never do the same things in the same order. Does that shock Why, the mind or the
1: So I'm going to follow your advice and go move some uh, beach chairs at, yeah, the, uh, yeah. at the pool because we got a uh, we got a little bit of a hurricane coming.
2: Yeah, Dave, that's mind and body. It's good. It, it, you, when you do that, you'd be shocked at how fast an hour goes versus when you're used to doing your same thing, and it becomes by rote, and there's no thought involved. That becomes then; it's no longer a workout. You might as well do something else.
0: I've got a question for you. This may pertain to Kevin's chair moving today. He's he, we all walk forwards for the most part during the day. Should you do anything to build the muscles to walk backwards?
2: Uh, well, that- walking back, walking backwards, skipping backwards, uh, you know, running backwards in the proper setting is all beneficial. Doing things in reverse, regardless. Of if it's walking, uh, doing things in reverse have a great uh, benefit. Uh, just, most just. people are, are terrible in uh, in what's called the sagittal plane, moving backwards. You know, a lot of people could run straight ahead, but then you have them do things in reverse, and it screws them up. You want to? You uh, I'll give some. will have a next time you go look at a kid, have yeah. him skip backwards. Yeah. See how he does.
0: Just don't run the bases backwards, kids. That's not what right.
3: No, uh, no. I mean, I've I've seen guys run backwards and do things. Uh Some people do use that within training. So I I've run seen-
0: on the treadmill backwards. That's I, I get strange looks.
1: I've I'm seen good. a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of teams go backwards.
0: Yeah, well, good deal. Well, guys, this is great. I, it's definitely a different show. We had part one, part two. We we took it in a different directions, but the part I love is we always have fun doing the show. So. Uh, Will, did you have one thing you wanted to part with us on?
3: Yeah, just one quick thing. Um, You know, talk about Kevin stirring it up, and we talk about things. You know, I think people all need to realize that the reason we do this show is, number one, we all have a passion and love for the game of baseball. And when we see things that disappoint us, we're just speaking out and saying, there's a better way to do things. And I just think that, uh, you know, you know, you don't want to come across as the, you know, the grouchy old people that never evolve. You know, we, we've all, we've all seen things that you go, wow, that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. Sal's probably evolved in things in training. He goes, wow, that's, that's good. That's helpful. You know, but when you see something that we all love the game of baseball and we see things that are disappointing, that's why we're speaking out about it, not because we're negative people. You know, we're still talking about how much we enjoy walking into a ballpark and how it makes us feel. So um, I just, you know, what, I, I, I just want to make that point.
0: I think that's a great point. It's a great way to, to close the show. And we, you and I talked off the air a little bit yesterday, and our audience understands this. This is why we get such a good listenership in 42 countries right now. Um, we're we're about something. We're not against something. And we're trying to push the game forward, not hold it back. And I think that's the misnomer out there by a lot of people that speak out. That's the way they, pardon the, the, the popular phrase, that's the way they cancel people. So um, a lot of good people get pushed out of the game. We think they're good for the game. So we're going to keep talking, uh, even through a minor glitch today with part one and part two. So guys, great show, uh, awesome content. Uh, we certainly made our listeners uh, have a better baseball IQ from it. And and hopefully they had fun with this show as well. We'll go visit and support some of their local minor league parts. So, guys, till next time, tomorrow, uh, we're looking forward to uh, a day at the yard with Wiley and Will, our pitching show. It will be taped tomorrow. So stay tuned for that, and we'll see you next time.
3: See you guys. See you guys. (laughs)